Okay, good morning again. Are you glad that you're here this morning? Okay, say to your neighbor that expects something good that's going to happen this morning. Okay, so we'll see who's going to win this afternoon. Okay, so uh, just a few announcements. Uh, Hillsong Live. Okay, uh, just a news to everybody. Who of you have heard Praise and Worship by Hillsong? Okay, they are now changing their name. Okay? <laughs> it's now going to be in song live. Is that a good try? <laughs> okay. So, this morning, we will talk about finishing well. In God's presence, you will, I will, all of us will finish well. We've been talking about God's presence for the past so many months. I think almost a year already. And for the past three Sundays, we've been talking about finishing well. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verses 6 to 8. And I would like to invite everybody to please stand in reverence to the Word of God. Okay, let's all read it. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Let's sit down. Thank you. Okay, we've been talking about going into a race. Pastors Danny and Pastor Insong have discussed that as Christians, we are just running like running in a race. What does it mean to finish well? But I guess before we tackle that question, let us first ask, what is that race that we are running? What is that race we are running? All of us, as what Apostle Paul said, that Christian life is just like running in a race. But a lot of people would ask, what is that race? Are we in competition with each other? Probably yes or probably not. And what, that, what is that race all about? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, I don't think I have that here. Oh, it's here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by what? By such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin. What happened? And the sin that so easily entangles 
and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, when we got born again, God has assigned a race for you. What is that race? Remember the word of God says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says God, plans to prosper you and to give you a future. Even before you were born, God has already ordained a race for you. Like Apostle Paul, God has ordained him to preach the word of God. To some, probably God has ordained you to preach the word of God too. But to some, probably God has ordained you to be a doctor. Some of you probably has been called by the Lord to become an engineer or probably an artist. I do not know. It is only you who know what that race is. And I'm telling you right now, each and every one of us has our own race. And God is expecting us to run our own respective race. We are not expected to run the race of Pastor Insong or to run the race of Pastor Danny. We have to run our own respective race. Okay, let's watch this video. His name is John Stephen Aquari. This happened in 1968, before I was born, in Mexico City Olympics. At the 1968 Mexico City Marathon, three men earned the right to stand on the victory platform. The winners of the gold, silver, and bronze Olympic medals. But for some, the reward is a personal one. The knowledge that they finished what they set out to do. A little over an hour after the winner of the marathon crossed the finish line, John Stephen Aquari of Tanzania approaches the stadium the last man to complete the journey. A voice calls from within to go on, and so he goes on. Why he did not quit, he said simply, 
My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. The light in this Tanzanian runner is a beacon to us all, to endure to the end, to finish the race, however long and hard the road. You know what? God did not call us to start the race. God has called us to finish the race. God never called you just to start the race. But God has called you to finish the race. But why is it that many people didn't finish well? I remember when I was in I was still young. When I was in elementary I started when I started grade 1, grade 2, grade 3 up to fourth grade. I was at the top of our class. But when I reached my fifth and sixth grade, I almost or couldn't hardly pass my grades. When I stepped into high school, first year, second year, I was in the dean's list. Third year, I failed in some of my subjects. And fourth year, I hardly graduated from high school. When I stepped into college, I took five-year course. First year, second year, I'm enjoying scholarship. I'm in the dean's list. But come third year, fourth year, fifth year, my average is just 75. I started well. But I am not finishing well. You know, a lot of Christians are like that. We started well in our Christian life. But in the middle of the race, for some reasons, we stumble. And when we stumble, a lot of Christians, a lot of us, would sometimes give up. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 to 19, let me read it. Join with others in following my example. Brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For us, I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. The very reason why a lot of Christians fall along the way, it's because their eyes are on earthly things. You know, we're no longer citizens of this earth. We are just passing by. We are citizens of heaven. And when we got born again, God already registered our name in heaven. So we are just passing by. Unfortunately, a lot of people, instead of looking ahead, instead of looking at Christ, instead of looking up on things that are, that are spiritual, they just content themselves with the earthly things in life. And that's the very reason why a lot of Christians stumble along the way. And what are these earthly things? 
What are these earthly things? Things that satisfy our appetite. Who among you here loves to eat? Of course, all of us loves to eat. <coughs> I love to eat. But you know, if we put our appetite ahead of God, in fact, that becomes an idol. That becomes a major stumbling block in our Christian walk. There was a guy by the name of Peter Jenkins. Jenkins. He was the one who wrote Walking Across America. You know, in his travel, he was interviewed once. They said, Mr. Peter, what is that thing that costs you sometimes that you'd like, like to quit in your travel? You know what, what he said? It is the grain of sand. His dog was run over by a car, and yet it did not stop him. He was stopped three times. It did not stop him. But he said, the grain of sand inside my shoe caused me to almost stop walking. And what is this grain of sand? These are the little things that you have in your life. These are the little discouragements that you have in your life. These are the little sins that we love to do. Little things. Little things. Even Apostle Paul said, among others, I worry on the little things about the church. And that bothered Paul. Sometimes the devil would attack you and tell you, or your friends will tell you, I thought you said that God is going to heal you. Why is it that up to now you are not yet healed? Little things. Just like Samson. Samson, he was bombarded with the enemies, the, Philistine, the, the, the enemies of Israel, and yet he was able to win over them. But with Delilah, every day, Delilah would tell him, Samson, tell me the secret. Little things, little things, little things that hurts us would cause us to stumble along the way. But you know what? God never designed the race to be done by ourselves. The problem with a lot of Christians is we run the race by ourselves. Let's watch this one.
The moment we run our race by ourselves, we will never finish. But if we allow our Father, if we allow our Father to carry us, we will be able to finish the race. I was crying when I saw this one. Because all throughout my life, I have run the race by myself. And I have never allowed God to run with me. Sometimes when we are down and look back, just like the song we have in the Philippines, we only one, see one set of footprints because God is carrying us, running the race. Folks, are you having difficulty? Are you down? I don't know what race you're running. You might just be a student. And the race that you're running is to finish college. The race that you're running is to finish high school. I hope not just to finish elementary. But guys, allow ourselves to run with our father. Even though the devil will try to secure you, God, Jesus, is going to break that security barrier and he's going to be on your side. Both of you will run the race together. Amen? Why are you so silent? 
you know, God's enabling presence will help us finish well. I was trying to connect what is the difference, what is the relationship between the presence of God and running the race until I saw this film, this video clip. The presence of our Father will help us finish the race. Amen? Do you believe that? Are you convinced? Pastor Insong shared with us last Sunday about Brother Lawrence. And I started to research, find out about Brother Lawrence. And he said, and I put the quotation here, to live moment by moment conscious of God's presence is the key to Christian living. If you want to live the life of a Christian, it's going to be very difficult and, in fact, impossible to do without the presence of God. No matter how good you are, no matter how handsome you are like me, you can never do that, okay, without the presence of God. According to Brother Lawrence, he highlighted six points, six key points on what to do or how are we going to translate the presence of God into everyday living. Because if you look at presence of God in bold strokes, it's kind of difficult to understand. But if you dissect it in simpler things, we can find practical ways on how to do it. The first one is begin each day conscious of God. I remember when I first got married. When I woke up in the morning, I have to be mindful that there is that beautiful girl, beautiful lady, my ex-girlfriend beside me. Because if I don't do that, then what will happen? I will still remain in my old ways when I wake up. Guys, you know what I mean. When you wake up, we have our own respective habits, right? But if somebody is beside you, you wake up gracefully. <laughs> am, I, am I talking sense? Is, is it correct? Even ladies, right? So when we wake up in the morning and we are mindful, we are conscious that God is there, I think we will wake up differently. Because otherwise, when we make up, oh, it's Monday again. Back to school. Oh, I'm going to see my boss again. Oh, I'm going to see my office mate again. Oh man, it's going to be a scary day again. Right? But if you are conscious that when you wake up, that God is beside you, what will you do differently? Oh, thank God for a nice sleep. Thank God for another day. 
because you are conscious that you have Christ beside you. So according to Brother Lawrence, be conscious each day of the presence of God. Second, read the horoscope. <laughs> I know of a friend, okay, he has a pocketbook, and that pocketbook highlights the day-to-day activity of his of his zodiac sign. Okay, and he bases his day based on what the zodiac sign say. There are people like that. Instead of opening the word of God, what? They look at their future based on the zodiac sign. And in fact, sometimes when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we're going to do is open the television, okay, and watch the news. Others would open the news just to find out what's going to be the weather so that they know whether they're going to wear jacket, thick, thin jacket, or whatever. But again, I encourage us, open the Word of God. There is no substitute for the Word of God. Because the Word of God highlights or the Word of God spells our future. It tells us on what to do every day, day to day of our lives. How many of you are reading the Word of God? Praise God. So let's continue reading the Word of God. Third is pray. Many people just pray during meals. Or sometimes they don't even pray during meals. They forget. But Brother Lawrence said, day to day, he prays to God. Moment by moment. You don't have to go inside the room and then close the door and then pray. Prayer is talking to God. The very reason why a lot of people feel tired of praying or doesn't want to pray, it's because they have this mindset in our old religion that every time you sin, the priest would tell you, do this, say, ten Hail Mary, so on and so forth. So what happens? Prayer becomes a penitence. Prayer becomes a penalty. But you know, prayer is a privilege. Because imagine... You can talk to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords anytime. You don't have to pass through the secretary or you don't have to pass through the the switchboard. You can always talk to him directly and he will answer you. In Jeremiah, it says, call unto me and what? And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you have not even experienced or known. So the first one is, be mindful of God's presence. Be mindful that He is beside you. Second, read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Third, pray. 
Fourth, let thankfulness be the habit of our lives. Let thankfulness be the habit of our lives. The little things that we get. Let's be thankful. Those are God's blessings. The moment we, you know, I was sharing with our Bible study group last Thursday. Just imagine God the Father in heaven controlling everything in the universe, in the galaxy, suddenly sneezes. All of the planets now are misaligned. What's going to happen to earth? Probably we will get closer to the sun. Or, or, or we will go farther away from the sun. I do not know. But can we be thankful that God is in control of everything that's happening in the earth? When, you know, when you are sick, God does not panic. Do you know that? When you need money, God does not panic. When you have problems, when your boyfriend breaks up with you, God does not panic. In fact, the Word of God says that even before you ask it, you already know what you need. You know, I was sharing in our Bible study group also. Why is it that the Word of God says that even before you ask it, God already knows what you need, but He wants you to ask it from Him? The very reason why it is like that, it's because God values relationship. How, how many of you here are fathers or parents? As parents, we know what our children needs. Am I correct? Right? But why is it that sometimes we don't give it to them and wait for them to ask it from us? Why? It's because as parents, we are very happy. We enjoy whenever our children goes to us and ask for something. Why? Because we value relationship. We value intimacy. And that is intimacy with God. Whenever you can approach him and call him my father, my dad, my Abba father, that is intimacy. That is intimacy. The fifth one. Learn to be quiet in God's presence. Sometimes we are not able to hear from God because of our busy schedule, because of the noise around us. But Brother Lawrence said, learn to be quiet before God. Just sit down. Five, ten, twenty minutes of your time. Just listen to God. Meditate on the Word of God. Because God is going to talk to you. God, you know, from time immemorial, when God created man, God really desires fellowship and intimacy. In fact, in Genesis, it says that in the cool of the day, 
God was walking in the garden and was looking for Adam and Eve. Why? Because he wanted fellowship with his creature. Every day, every moment of your life, God is lingering. He just wanted to listen to you. And ask, let's be quiet and listen to God. The problem with a lot of Christians, it's because the reason why we can't hear from God is because we are very busy just talking to God. You know, fellowshipping with God is, happens both ways. Listening and talking. There is no communication if it's only one way. Amen? At the close of each day, rest in God's presence. At the close of each day, rest in God's presence. Contemplate on the goodness of God. Contemplate of what happened for the day. And enjoy the presence of God. I know that many Christians, during the race, we stumble, as I mentioned earlier. Some become wounded. I have been wounded. I have stumbled along the way. I remember even as a child, I believe that God has already called me to serve him. But what happened to me? I fled from the presence of God. Some of us here might also be in the same situation. Some of us here might be at the edge of giving up. Because what? Of our experiences. Probably because of the hurt that we had before. But folks, God is a God of second chances. We may have been out of track or we may have run a different race, but God is telling us right now, go back to your, to your track. Go back to your race and run the race. Finish well because I am going to finish it with you. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus who is the author and what? Perfecter or finisher of our faith. Run that race. Guys, it's not too late. We can still go back and finish well. You might be in your middle 40s, middle 30s, middle 20s like me. You can still run the race. And you know what? Running the race is fun. If you run it with Jesus. In closing, there is a worship song that I'd like to share with you. You know, the presence of God is just like heaven. Some of us who have felt the presence of God just wanted to linger more and more in the presence of God. Okay, and I have chosen this song because, you know, when I heard it, when I was listening to it, 
I just can't help it but worship God. Because the presence of God is heaven. You want to experience heaven in your life? Have the presence of God. Shall we all rise up? Listen to this song. If you want to worship, if you want to sing along with this one, go ahead. If you want to raise your hand, go ahead.
days on earth, I will wait. The moment that I see you face to face. Nothing in this world will satisfy. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Nothing. Satisfied, oh Jesus, Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry.
Father, thank you that we know that in your presence we will finish the race that you have given us. Father, I pray for each and every one of us here this morning. I do not know, Lord, what we are going through right now. There are a lot of hurdles in the race. But Father, we know that we will finish well if we will run the race with you. Father, we commit ourselves, our lives, and I pray, dear Father God, that you will help us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your enabling presence that is with us. And for this week, we ask the Lord that you guide our steps. For you said in your word that the steps of a righteous man are so ordered by you. And I declare, Lord God, that we will walk in your precepts, we will walk in your ways. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> okay, let's sit down. For our question, for our discussion question, what do we commit to do this week that will help us in running our race? What were the six key points that we've learned this morning? Be conscious of God's presence. Second, read the word. Third, fourth, okay, fifth, and sixth, and seventh. All of the above. Okay. So we will break up into groups, but the youth, they will have their fellowship downstairs. This will be led by our three handsome gentlemen, uh, Dion, Jay, and Nat. Paul. Okay. So the youth, you can now proceed downstairs. All right. Praise God. Amen, Ba. Amen.